Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of Greasons Gossip. Um, I'm joined here by David Byram, Hello. Jamie Hawkins Hello. and Dan Clark. Hello. So we've got Full House today. Um, plenty to cover, a few, uh, few interesting bits, so let's, uh, let's crack on. Um, to start with the winner at Grimsby, a welcome return to winning ways for City. Um, David, suffice to say you weren't massively impressed with Grimsby there, I think. Is that fair to say? <laughs> um, I'd be more... Worried about someone who who was <laughs> impressed with that poor. Um, you know, no adventure. They didn't seem bothered to the last ten minutes or anything like that. But you know, say nothing away from City. City played well, and you know, you can only beat what's in front of you. And you know, a, a week ago we were talking about how they perhaps you know a little disappointing against Haybridge, despite the fact they won three three one. None of that against Grimsby. You know, job done. Perhaps could have got a few more goals, but they never really needed to get out of third or fourth gear for it, which you know. Can't really complain about that, I guess. Mm, sure. Jamie, you were at the game as well. What did you uh, make of it? Yeah, it was just a good day at the office, really. As Dave said, pretty routine, comfortable. Um, you know, like I said, it could have tried harder in a way, which is a good thing that didn't really get out of second gear. Um, but, you know, it was a very good win, good performance. Um, it was good to get back to, to winning ways. I think it was four league games without a win, something like that. So it was, you know, a good a good test. I think we said last week it would be a, a close one nil or one goal in it game. Um but you know, Grimsby were absolutely dire, which which helped a lot mm-hmm. and um you know it keeps it nice and nice and tight at the top. I think one or two points is it off the top, so it's it's looking good. Mm, sure. Dan you're at the game as well I mean Tis went with Liam McAlindam up front and he um, responded with a lovely goal didn't he great finish yeah it's what he you know, needed to do really he's got a chance as, you know, as a starting player and he, he took that chance he, he got the goal and played well and uh, that's what you know you kind of needed to, to see from him you know he's had a few opportunities off the bench where he hasn't perhaps quite impressed as much as he would have hoped to but you know back in the starting lineup, he he did pretty much all you'd ask from him really and you know, Ruben Reed, you know, on the bench probably stays on the bench, you know, for the next couple of games. You'd think, you know, Stockley and McIndon look look like they you know, linked up, you know, reasonably well and you know, they both you know, both got goals on the score sheet and exactly what you want really, you know, fairly comfortable win in the end. Mm. David, do you agree with that? In terms of which way Tissel will go? Yeah, you know? I'm speaking to Paul Tissel, he's not planning on making any changes, which is interesting. He said maybe want to see slight changes but it's interesting perhaps it'll mean Jake Taylor in the middle as well after he played well against Grimsby and uh, Lloyd Jones has to make the place on the bench because you know he was suspended for the game and injured slightly so perhaps going back to full fitness he, he might say right time for, for Lloyd James to, to come in, right in off the bench with Jake Taylor and, and Hiram both in playing well together in the middle Mm, sure. Interesting that um, in the past, as well, I guess some of the criticism directed towards McIlinden has been a lack of goals. But I mean that finish on Saturday—I mean that was worthy of most levels of football, wasn't it? I'd say. Yeah, it was a, a quality finish, and mm. I think it, it, with Liam McIlinden, it's a, a strange one for me because I, I don't know what anyone else thinks, but he almost makes the hard chances look easy and the easy chances mm-hmm. look hard. Mm-hmm. You know, when he when he's running clean through on goal, you think you know, he's got to score this. And I've always noticed he'll take the shot too early and allow the keeper, you know, plenty of time to save it. Whereas, you know, a chance like this, perhaps he's got less time to think in a way. And uh, in that respect, you know, so less time to think, 
you know, more instinct in a way, and it, it seems to work better for him. Mm, you agree with that, Jamie, as well, Neil? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Liam. I think he's been probably City's most underrated player so far this season. We saw how well he worked with Ruben Reed at the start of the season, and you know, I, I would say if it wasn't for Macklinden, um, Reed wouldn't have got as many goals as he did seven and nine. Um, you know, he just works so hard. He'll run, you know, the whole pitch, the whole game. Um, he gives everything, and um, you know, we saw again on Saturday that he can link up well with big strikers he played very well with Stockley scored a lovely goal and um, yeah for me he's he's done more than enough to to retain his place for for Chesterfield on Saturday and um, you know it's it's a big call it was a big call to make I think we've been saying it for a while that it needed to change that Stockley and Reid just wasn't working Um, and Reid hasn't scored in a worrying amount of games now for, for quite a while so it was only fair that he was uh, dropped and Liam was given a chance. I think he's done pretty well for the, the under-23s and the reserves um, recently. So obviously Tisdale's taken that into account and given him a chance. He's ch- taken it with, with both hands and yeah, look forward to, to seeing more of him. Mm, sure, well, let's listen to what uh, Paul Tisdale had to say about the game at, uh, against Grimsby. When has I hoped? You know, I'd... Um... I hope for a win. I hope for that type of performance. Clean sheet is something we, uh, we 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 must focus on more often, or or continue to focus on. We did that today. Um, you don't always get what you want, but today we had a good win and clean sheet and a couple of good goals, and I'm I'm delighted. You made uh, changes to the side today, bringing uh, Liam McIlinden back in, expensive Ruben Reed, and Liam's all-round game today was uh, exceptional. I thought. Yeah, I mean, I I selected. I selected Liam. I, t- I select players. You know, it's it, it's often seen as some kind of I don't know, punishment or detriment to someone else. But I select eleven players. I want to select more. If I had more spots to fill, I would fill them. You know, and that's always the biggest problem in my, in my job is you can only select so many. I decided to, to select Liam today. He's been playing very well, uh, training very well, and so it was the you know an opportunity to do it. So um, I certainly don't want to see it as any kind of. Um, um, judgment on Ruben, more the judgment on Liam and how he's been training and playing. And I thought he did really well and led the team. And the strikers were the um, were the energy force. You know, they they they, they were the engine for our team today. We, we defended really well behind the ball. It's not forget about all those basics. But it was a game. There's, there's the word. It was a game of basics. It was a game of we made very few mistakes. Um, we're very committed and on really in really bad conditions, and it's not the it's not the rain that's bad. It's the it's the pitch that was bad. You know, it wasn't for, for football. It wasn't. I, mean, I think all players enjoy playing in drizzle, but the pitch had no life in it, and it was really hard to keep your footing, and certainly, certainly difficult to play football on. So, I think it's a sign of what's coming now. The next couple of months, it's winter football, and in winter football, you have to be good on the basics and uh, try to make as few mistakes as possible. You mentioned uh, about uh, the clean sheet and how important that was and Christy Pym, I know he's, he's paid to do it but those two saves just before half-time could have put a completely different complexion on it had he not uh, produced the goods. Yeah, he um, exactly as you say, he's paid to do it and as a goalkeeper, you don't know how many, how many times you are called upon. Today he was called upon, he made the saves. After the, the, the back fours as a whole defended really well, there were no mistakes in there, there were no... They, they, they were clear and focused on what their job was today and they, they ably um, protected his 18-yard his box more than, more than just a few times. And you know, I think all players were quick to the ball today. We were quick to the ball and we were, 
we were you know, a responsible, uh, motivated team and uh, I think it showed in, in how we played. That was uh, Paul Tisdale there. Now, um, just filled up next, David, I think you, you've already sort of touched on it briefly, but you said Tis not contemplating many or drastic changes by any means for that game. No, I don't think so. Uh, you know, we saw earlier in the season as well that, that Paul Tisdale, he'll keep a winning side, so there isn't really much need to, to make any changes after a solid performance against Grimsby. Uh, at most, I think we'll perhaps see, you know, like I say, Lloyd James come back in and, and, and perhaps have a, a place on the bench. Uh, not sure, I think the fitness situation of everyone else is pretty similar to what it was last week. So I think that'll probably be the, the only sort of major name to come back in. But as far as starting 11 goes, unless, you know, anything dramatic happens in training this week, I, I can't see any change at all. No? Mm -hmm. Dan, they're up against Chesterfield side who are rock bottom of the division at the moment it's just got to be a game for three points hasn't it yeah he's got he's, it's definitely one of those games you're looking at and you think this is one to win I mean I mean previous seasons we've sort of you know, seen City do really well against the sides at the top of the league and then sort of come unstuck against the side struggling at the bottom but that hasn't been the trend at all this season it's almost been reversed that you know Exeter against you know, they're outclassed by Luton and Notts County and Coventry, the sides at the top of the table, but they've been comfortably dispatching, you know, anyone down at the bottom of the, the table, and you kind of feel that's, you know, the same kind of thing's going to happen this weekend. Chesterfield, are really, you know, struggling. They struggle, you know, it's a long-term struggle. because obviously got relegated last season as well, so there's not a lot of confidence, not a lot of a winning mentality around the club. You know, had the, uh, had a, you should really have won last weekend and. Didn't as well, so they're sort of you know not even coming into it off the back of a of a big win. So you've got to be looking at this one as a this one you, you circle with a and you go well, three points here and then you know it's Crawley away on Tuesday night. That's another there again another side down at the bottom struggling. You'd you'd be looking at this. Okay, it's two two trips away trips in the space of four days, but you want four points out of it minimum really and. You know, if they play like they did on Saturday, keep this, you know, the momentum going, the form they're going, and you know, the way they've dispatched, you know, some of the uh, the poorer sides in this division so far this season, you you'd be thinking, you know, four points is the minimum you'd expect Exeter to come away with, really, and that will, you know, cement their spot back in the top three, back near near the top of the table, stretch the gap to, you know, the gap to fourth, and then the gap to to eighth as well, and you know, almost set them up for. You know, the rest of the season, you know, a little, a little dodgy spell with four without a win, well behind you, and back to winning ways and back to on the promotion push. Mm. Jamie, you agree with that? Four points, do you think, for the next couple of games? Is that a realistic aim for City? Yeah, I think whenever you've got back-to-back -back away games, no matter who they're playing, I think four points is a, a good return. Um, you know, I think to go away from home and get a win is always a, a big, a big result. Um, but you know Chesterfield, you've got to be looking at if you want to get promotion or be there thereabouts. You've got to be looking at beating these sort of teams. You know Chesterfield, Bolvali. You've got to be on paper taking them to the cleaners, really. You know, um, especially with how well we've played against other teams like Morecambe, Forest Green, Barnet, teams that are down there. You know, we've played pretty well and and won those games. So you know it it, it would be a pretty nailed on three points, you would think. Um, you know, you can almost say Crawley away, another relatively struggling team, I think. That could be another win, you know. 
don't see why you can't take six points from that to be honest um, but I think if you offered me four points now I'd probably take that um, and you know keep the, the run going um, you know it's good to get back to winning ways after that sort of slump through you know October um, you know where it wasn't really going that well and the, the early season form seemed to have just been forgotten about and now it seems to have picked up again um, with the nature of League 2 being so tight and unpredictable you know so yeah I think four points would be a good return but I wouldn't be too surprised if we got six mm. okay. Well David you caught up with um, Jaden Stockley I think didn't you uh, looking ahead to the game let's listen to what he had to say yeah, it was a it was a tough game. Um, I thought first half we were really at it. We started on the front foot, uh, put them under a lot of pressure, kept them in their half, and uh, you know the relentless sort of pressing and uh, getting the ball forward paid off. And we managed to get the first goal. And with the finish that Liam gave, gave second half, it gave us a bit of respite for that last last bit. But I uh, thought the defence was brilliant to keep another clean sheet. And um, you know, uh, it's hopefully the start of a good run. And after going a few games without winning the league, was it important to get that first goal? Yeah, definitely it was. Once we got the first goal, we saw the confidence in the players that first half. It was, the conditions weren't the best, but so the lads had to roll their sleeves up and, uh, and put a performance in that uh, you know wanted the good support that we had today. So it's nice to to win, get back to winning ways at home, especially. And uh, a great ball in from, from Lee Holmes through a goal. I mean, how is it as a striker to have players like Lee Holmes who can swing those balls into the box? Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, I think he's going to claim it's a cross. Um, I'm not, <laughs> not too sure. But, um, no, he's got he's got such great delivery. And uh, you've always got a gamble. And it was, uh, it was uh, luckily, it was right on my foot. And uh, managed to get it home. It's always, it's always a great feeling. And uh, playing with Liam McAllen up front today, how did you find that? Yeah, it was good. We, we created a lot of space for each other. It was, um, obviously, I've watched him in Rubes. Uh, have a good partnership at the start of the season and uh, and they were brilliant and um, it's just it's good to get whoever gets out there to take their chance and Liam took his chance today by scoring and uh, if we're all if we want to finish as hard the league as possible we're going to need me Rubes, Liam and MJ to really chip in with the goals and the performances and uh, you know with players like Matt Jay and, and Ruben Breed to come yeah. off the bench I guess it you know it keeps you on your toes doesn't yeah, it yeah it does you, you know that you can't slack off and you know your performances has to be up there and uh, Chesterfield up next I, I guess aside at the bottom of the table but you know as City showed last season at this, this stage of the season that doesn't mean anything no does it? not at all especially some of the sides we played when we played Port Vale when teams get results you can see their confidence come out and uh, no, it was pleasing to um, to win today but you know we've got to go and uh, build on that now because it's all about going on runs in this league right, well so we've been discussing the, the Chessfield match I mean, Dan if I had to push you for a prediction what are you, uh, what are you thinking uh, I think you've got to be looking at a, a City win here um, maybe another 2-0 another win I think David? 3-1. Three, 3-1 one. Three, one City, I presume? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Jamie? Um, yeah, 2-0. 2-0. We're fairly confident then, are we? Speaking of predictions, so Jamie, you had a bit of um, interesting news today, I think. Do you want to sort of share it with us? Please? Yeah, so I've been thinking about it for a while. Um, what, who, which players are the most popular fans like to get on the, the back of their shirts um, this season? And... Um, so I contacted the club, uh, Scott Palfrey over there, and um, just to find out, you know, what names are most popular um, based on this season. Um, actually, Custom is the most popular um, <laughs> so far. You see quite a few of those knocking around, especially I guess with with kids. I think we've all we've all been there, right? We've got you know your name on the back of a shirt. Just me, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know if you guys want to have a. 
a little uh, quiz at this. Well, um, I think we well we give the game away. We, we knew the first one, didn't we? So yeah, the most popular was was Ruben Reed, which I guess isn't overly surprising. He's such a popular player over here, and I guess from from coming from Argyle as well, it's. No surprise, really. Only, but four, only four names, or four letters as well, so yeah. nice and cheap yeah. <laughs> for fans yeah. as well. Yeah. But, but um, if they got the R as well to wow. differentiate from Jamie Reed, I suppose. Wow. Now, <laughs> now <laughs> <we can. laughs> but yeah, joint, there was a joint second, um, which was was interesting. I had a chat with David about it. The first one is perhaps not um, overly surprising, but um, the other one was took us by surprise. I think I don't know if Howard or Dan. Yeah. Yeah, you see, I, I I was wondering about Stockley, given the, the interest he would have generated, obviously, from the signing or whatnot. Um, mm. Not the case, though? No, no he is on the list, okay. but not, not second, no. I was thinking, you know, maybe you know, Dean Moxie or Ryan Harley were the first two names that come to mind for me. You know, both players have been around the club for a while, or, you know, Moxie's case, the second spell, but... No, again, <laughs> neither of those. So... One of them, perhaps, like I said, is an overly surprising is Stansfield. Oh, of course! Wow, isn't um, that that's fascinating? That's isn't it? It's still even now. Yeah, 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 amazing. Yeah, but yeah. The other one, which I think took everyone by surprise, was um, a summer signing, Hiram Boto. Oh wow! It seems to. Have, Why do yeah, you think that is? In, I don't know, really. It's, Especially well, he, when he's he signed a transfer deadline day as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's been particularly start for about a month either. So, yeah. but. He must have a dedicated fan club. He <laughs> <laughs> really yeah, must. He's, yeah. he's got a song, I think, already as well. Oh, wow. But then, yeah, the other players that are on there, the joint third place was Stockley and Dean Moxie. Okay. Um, and then Pierce Sweeney and then Jordan Moore Taylor. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. Interesting. I thought Lee Holmes would have been on there mm. myself, but. Yeah, quite I always feel sorry for goalkeepers. Like, no one's ever. There's so few people are going to go out and buy the goalkeeper's strip and then get <laughs> Pim on it, are they? You know, yeah. stuff like that. It's quite unlucky, but um, but there we go. No, interesting stuff. That I think. No. <clears throat> uh, there we go. Um, right, we'll just round things off with some uh, listeners' questions. Um, Anthony Beveridge, he asks, can you see Chelsea having to pay more than five million pounds for Ethan? Uh, Ethan Ampadu, that is, of course. David, I know you were watching. Even last night in the Wales game. Well, I, I wasn't. I was at the oh. under 18s game. <laughs> so, David, I know you weren't watching Ethan in the Wales game. Um, what, do you, what do you reckon for that, anyhow? Um, yeah, I, I can't see it being more than five million. I think, you know, I, I'm not sure if City would be asking for that much, to be honest. You know, you look at Delhi Alley, I think he went from MK Dons to, to Spurs for five million. That was with a lot more appearances than, than 13. And, you know, as, as well as Ethan Ampere played for City and as well as he's been playing for Chelsea and the, the sort of big splash he's made he's, he's still not I wouldn't say well he isn't anywhere near being a regular first team starter for, for Chelsea and the, the way Deli Alley became for Spurs um, so I don't think it'll be 5 million off the bat but on the other hand you, you will City will have add-ons from, from the tribunal there's, there's no doubt about that so you know it could easily be you know 3 million for example with with Two million add-ons, depending on how how Ethan Ampadu does. I, I, I'm not even sure it gets to three million, but you, you never know. It's it's one of the things. It's it's completely. It's not like a transfer at all. It's it's, it's really impossible to predict, and uh, especially with uh, with the club revealing there was a I think there was a great disparity between what Chelsea were offering and what City were wanting. 
which you know if there's a disparity like that you you get the impression it'll come down halfway in the middle and I don't think it'll go over how much City are asking for it no. mm. Do you have any idea about numbers at all in terms of how much Chelsea were, were thinking in City at all? Not really no mm. I th- it's, there are a few rumours out there but I wouldn't want to comment on those because I don't know how true they are but I think it's just a case of, of, of wait and see to be honest and I, the interesting thing was as well that you know um, I was doing something at Tribunals today and uh, interest in, in, in players from other clubs gets taken into account and stuff like that and you know Ethan Appleby's been on trial at Liverpool he's been on trial at Man United and that is concrete proof that has been interest from other clubs so that should help raise the price even if even if what he's done after moving to Chelsea, you know, starting for Chelsea and starting for Wales doesn't get taken into account, which it's impossible to say whether we whether it will be or won't be. I guess that's down to the down to the, the panel itself. Mm. Do you have any idea at all when uh, this episode might draw to a conclusion? Um, I think it'll be I think it'll be sooner rather than later. To be honest, I I don't know for definite, but uh, I to use Danny Ings as a, the example. That was the sort of high profile most recent high-profile tribunal case has been. That took, I think it was 10 or 11 months to, to come to, to fruition. But, um, you know, all that happened there was, was the, both clubs' cases were heard in a week. And I think it, he moved in June, I think, and then the following April, both clubs' cases were heard and they, they decided within, within a week how much Liverpool would have to play, pay Burnley. So I think the fact that, that both... Chelsea and Exeter have said it will go to the tribunal, and I think that perhaps helps the helps the case and helps you know it will perhaps speed things along a bit. And as soon as the tribunal happens, I think we'll know within a week or so how much mm. how much City will get. Yeah. Sure. Um, Jamie, as a City fan, have you got sort of a figure in mind as to what you think Ethan might be worth? Well, I think when he signed for Chelsea, uh, me and quite a few fans were you know immediately expecting seven figures. Um, just because it's it's Chelsea, you know they've they've got the money to spend. Um, yeah, it's quite interesting how it all works. I think you know when it happens to other players, you don't really pay much attention. I think it happens with Troy Archibald Hemville, and I don't know, no one really paid much attention to it. But I think just because it's Ampadu and the impact he's already made at Chelsea, playing for the first team, you know he's on the bench for the Premier League side. You know, every week now it seems, and playing for Wales, his his name's all over the place. You know, it's all over the news, and everyone's talking about him. Um, you know, so uh, the more that goes on, the more you know dollar signs it seems to to be attached to it. But as Dave said, it doesn't really you know play a part in that. So yeah, it's quite it is interesting how it all works. Um, you know, the fact that Chelsea and Exeter have completely different views on it is is interesting as well but yeah it's it's really hard to tell you you got me looking at seven figures but i think you know over five million would be quite extraordinary mm. really mm. Mm. city got 200 grand for trifle handle which is yeah that's mm. true yeah i think it was 75 grand for james dunn mm. yeah so that that those are huge prices well really if you think about it you yeah know, at the time is, even if you just add in you know, inflation into that alone yeah. that you, yeah. you know particularly given the way the transfer window just went mad this summer that you know players that would normally go for sort of three four million were suddenly 20 million pound players so particularly you know i guess if you look ollie watkins went for you know around 1.8 million ish 
you'd think, well, that's to Brentford, who are not a big spending championship club. By definition, Chelsea Premier League club, you'd expect more. So you'd probably you know, set around a £2 million base figure as anything less than that, you'd be a little bit disappointed by, I think. And then, yeah. obviously, but I suppose, yeah, it's, obviously, more again, it's, more it's, it's... Yeah, obviously, there's... Yeah. yeah, it's just, you know, whether how you value, how it's valued on, whether it's valued on, you know, what players have done or potential because, you know, Hopkins has obviously done more than, than Ampadu at that stage of his career, but I suspect, you know, looking long-term, you know, at the end of their careers, you'd expect even Ampadu to be the better player than Ollie Watkins the way he started even though Watkins seems to be you know lighting it up at Brentford at the minute you think you know the way people are talking about Ampadu you're probably looking 100 caps for Wales you know going to be playing 10 years in the Premier League that that kind is that kind of level is the is what people are talking about at the minute so you'd think you'd want you know maybe 2-3 million possibly as a starting point with you know add-ons as well but I guess we just have to wait and see and <laughs> yeah. what, you know, how the, the tribunal goes on the day. Mm. I always think it would have been fascinating to see how much Liam Serkin would have got in his mm. sort of peak just before he left, because I think he left just after, is it 24 or so, the, the yeah. maximum age, something like that? I think had he left sort of a couple of years before that when he was sort of banging them in regularly in League 2, it would been very interesting to see what figure he would have commanded. But um, as you say, we'll have to wait and see uh, see what um, kind of money Ethan can uh, can generate. Um, so, Dave, as we established, you were watching the under 18s. I think the uh, the other night playing against Charlton. Um, the 92 Exeter City asks: uh, Is there anyone that's ready to make the step up from that team? Not really. Uh, I mean, that's not to say they play badly, but you know, Jack Sparks is is the one that, that would jump to mind immediately, and you know, he he didn't look out of place in the under under 18s. That's you know, he, he didn't have the best of games. Um, Joel Randall looked really, really good. I was really impressed with him, and I was really impressed with a couple of other players for, for City. But at the same time, you know, they're, they're young players, and they're not ready to make the step up. Ethan Ampadu is a complete anomaly, really, isn't he? Um, so I think, you know, just let them develop as they are. You know, there's there's no real need to, to bring them into the, the City side at the moment. The main reason Ethan Ampadu got bought in for side in the first place is because of injuries, let's not forget. Uh, although, you know, Paul Tizzell has spoken about how, how highly he was impressed with Ethan Ampadu to begin with, and he, I think it would have only been a matter of time before he came into the city side. The initial, I think everyone was a bit surprised by how quickly he came into the side because of the amount of injuries they had at centre back. So, um, you know, I think just let players like Jack Sparks develop in the, the under 18s now put them on the bench for a game or two or in the checker trade trophy just so they do get that first team experience but you know you look at City squad and there's no there's no real need to, to bring an under 18 in if they're if they're sort of still developing as a player mm, okay um, the 92 City uh, City also asks do you think it's necessary we'll buy anyone in January um, Dan do you think do you see City needing to add any numbers not at the minute um, unless you know funds come ava- you know funds come available you know, the Amp- maybe if the Ampadu Tribunal's done by then and it's a, a figure much higher than anyone's anticipating, there might be funds to buy, you know, to go out and buy and strengthen, I suppose, depending on who's available. But I would be surprised if there's any sort of you know, fees paid for anyone in January. There might be the odd loan signing coming in, maybe, you know, Edwards and Wilson might be extended to the end of the season. For instance, there might be, you know, three transfers if, if needs be. But... You look at the squad at the minute, and 
there isn't anywhere that jumps out as you as a position in which Exeter uh, li- uh, you know, have got the players in. They've sort of got two players for every position. I mean, potentially you might want a centre-back cover at the minute, particularly Luke, you know, depending on how, how long Luke Kroll's going to be out for. Troy Archibald Hendel seems to have uh, fallen out of favour in terms of an option. So maybe one light at centre-back, but obviously if Kroll come, as soon as he comes back from fitness that sort of solves that issue but I don't you know I don't see City going out and spending money on anyone in January perhaps you know maybe one comes in on loan free transfer you know dropping down the divisions maybe but I can't you know you you never know we would never have said four signings on deadline day (laughs) and yet that happened this time but so it depends on the position in the league as to whether there's that one player that comes available that might be the difference between, you know, playoffs and automatic promotion, and you can you know, spend to sort of accumulate almost, you know, spend the money now knowing you're gonna reap the rewards next season. Mm. Jamie, are there any sort of areas you might see things strengthen? <laughs> no, not at the moment. I think it's still quite early to to, to say. Um, I think it depends, I guess, on Ken Wilson and Carl Edwards, who you know are only here till January. If Wilson goes, then Sweeney's the only recognised right back, so maybe in that department. Um, other than that, you know, attack were pretty, you know, covered. Um, you still got, you know, Robbie Simpson and, and Ryan Brunt to come back, and then you've got, you know, like Matt Jay on the bench as well. So, and the midfield's pretty, pretty stacked in there as well. So, you know, I can't really see any incomings at the moment. Um, again, like Daniel said. Probably the defence, if anything, but even that's pretty um, solid at the moment. So yeah, maybe the right back or another centre back. But other than that, I can't really see many changes, which is quite refreshing actually. Good place in, to be in, isn't in, it? In recent years, yeah. I mean, Tisdale, you know, you said before, he's never really had this luxury of a, a full depth squad like this before. So it's it's a good place to be in actually. Mm. David, final word. Can you see? Busy, all things being equal, a busy January or not for City? No, not really. Um, I think they haven't really got anyone that would attract massive bids in January the way Ollie Watkins did last January, so I don't think they need to worry about outgoings. Uh, and, well, Kane Wilson and Carl Edwards, as everyone else has said, their, their loans are up in January, so I guess it depends on, on whether they get them extended, really. Um, I think the, the thing is there as well, it's now... The new rules say loans have. To, I think loans have to end in the transfer windows now, so you can either either get like a six month loan or a, a, a full season loan. So I think that's the reason it's gone for for six months, and then, well, you know, it's I guess the same case as Jack Stacey and Luke Roll last season when they were extended in January. So I guess we'll just have to to wait and see what happens there. Mm. Sure. Okay. Lovely stuff. Well, look, thanks for joining us, and uh, tune in next week for another edition of Grecian's Gossip.